Hoody hoo. Hello there. Um, back again, episode 54. Um, this one was a really fun episode. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere, but that's all right with me. And, um, yeah, this guy really made me feel small. <laughs> he, um, he actually has done like when there's, you know, people say like, oh, I've done everything I wanted in life, which most people don't say, but the people who have, and if they're serious about it, um, he's one of them. Uh, his name is John Davis. He's a, he's a great guy. He's, um, I, I didn't say a whole lot in this episode cause he is a motivational speaker and this is kind of what he does. Um, so I just wanted to sit back and just learn from him and, and, you know, suck off some of his energy and, and just his vibes and, and try to learn more about myself because that's what we should do. Um, if you're lacking something, find someone who has it and figure out a way for you could get it. Um, yeah. So, um, I will see you guys on the next episode, but again, thanks you for the support and, um, yeah, welcome my friend John Davis. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay. All right, guys. We are back with another episode. Um, this one is a different way I'm going about this this time because uh, this is with my guest, John. He is a person I met through a new platform. Well, it's not new, but new to me uh, called Podmatch, and it's helped to get guests and to be on other people's podcasts. And uh, he was the first person to reach out. Um, so hello there, John. Well, hello there. How are you today? I'm good, buddy. You? I'm doing great. I'm actually, uh, lounging in my living room, watching, uh, watching TV and waiting for this call. And so here we are. <laughs> All right. Uh, so where are you from? I live in Akron, Ohio right now. I'm originally from Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Oh, okay. So you're, you actually live, uh, okay. Delaware. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Pennsylvania. So I've been to Delaware yeah, a few yeah. times. Yeah, they, if you've been to the beach, you've been to Rehoboth Beach because that's where you know that's the beach in Delaware, <laughs> right. right? In Akron, that's that's where LeBron James is from, right? Yeah, and actually, his house is probably about five miles from my house. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So what um what is the condition that you were born with? I was born with spina bifida occulta, which I did not even know I had until I was twenty two, when I had a se- severe back injury that that left me paralyzed. Wow. Now, paralyzed from how far down your body? Uh, waist down. Waist down, okay. Basically, uh, find a bit for the, the, the condition that I have, three of my vertebrae right above my pelvis uh, never formed properly birth. And uh, my goal in life at that point was to be a stuntman and a fight director for stage and screen. And I was helping someone unload a van, and I picked up a box, an 80-pound box of clay. He was a professional potter so he had a van full of clay and i picked up the box of clay i twisted to set it outside of the van and my upper upper spine disconnected from my lower spine and i collapsed and was paralyzed wow now there was no signs up until that point no clue i had no we had no 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 clue at all and then when i went to the doctor they did the x-rays they were able to then say look well you've got this, this 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 uh, disorder that you've had since birth, it's a, it's a, nat- a natural thing that you have. The part of it for the culture, it happens, you know, in the womb pretty much. Right. And so uh, I had no clue until that moment. And, and and I had already been doing very, very physical things. I mean, I was already doing sword fights and martial arts. I was working my way to my black belt. 
and I was I was already heading into a direction where I was going to have a very very physical career, and the doctor told me at that point you're done, you're no longer going to have a physical career, you're never going to be a stuntman or fight director, so you know start looking for a sedentary job right now because you're you're done. Right now, there, there again when I said signs, like you didn't even have any kind of pains or anything up until that point. Nothing. Wow. I had I had no clue whatsoever. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so once you were diagnosed, where were you at mentally? Oh, I went to the darkest of dark places because you got to realize that and my, my whole world, my whole existence up to that point was to be a stuntman and a fight director and, you know, fight choreographer. And so everything in my, my world hinged around the idea that I was going to have this very, very physical career. And when this happened, number one, I couldn't move, which is, you know, very terrible thing, but um, to have a doctor tell you flat out to give up on every dream you've ever had was was dark. And so I, yeah, I, I contemplated suicide. I I went to the deepest and darkest places, and it was really wasn't until someone walked into my hospital room, and gave me a book by Bruce Lee called the Tao Ji Kune Do, um, and in that book, it, it's his, it's not it's not really a martial arts book as much as it is a philosophy of martial arts book and his own philosophy around it. And in there, there's a, there's an area about mental flexibility, basically being like water. And, um, I had to get into the, the mental flexibility of the present moment to get out of my, out of my depression and back into a momentum forward towards something. Right. Yeah. Bruce Lee was a very intelligent person. I think a lot of people kind of missed that about him. They were so fascinated uh, about his, you know, stature and his ability to fight and you know being a movie star but he was actually a very deep person and and on top of that that book that he uh, that i read when bruce lee wrote that book he was in a hospital in traction and had just been told by a doctor that he'll never do martial arts or lift weights again and he did every movie that we ever know him for after that wow that's awesome yeah, he actually worked his way out of his own bed. Um, he was doing a, a exercise known as a, a good morning squat, which is basically <clears throat> you have the weights on your shoulders and you do like a normal squat, only you lean more forward. And so you're actually flexing your lower butt, your lower back muscles. Right. And he damaged his lower back so bad they told him he was done. And the, the rest of his life, one of the reasons he Lee died is because his back pain medication uh, mixed with another cold medication and that's what caused him to die was the, the mixing of medication um, but it, he was still on back back pain meds until his death so he kind of became like your role model to kind of get back into life and to start over oh yeah, absolutely and, and you know there's a lot of things that are, that are very interesting you know the way our when you look at Bruce Lee Bruce Lee talks a lot about several things one of the things he talked about Number one is that mental flexibility. Number two, he talked about remaining very present. You know, the reason people get into a dark depression or get into a stuck place is because they're sitting there in this moment and they're seeing how bad it is right now, but they're focused on how bad it's going to be in the future. And the way the subconscious mind works and the conscious mind works is you make choices in your conscious mind and your subconscious mind will show you proof of what you're thinking, what you're believing. So if you're staying in your present moment, you're staying very negative. 
your subconscious mind will show you more negative things. If you're staying very, if you stay very positive, your subconscious mind will show you positive things. But the difference, really, between the conscious, the subconscious, and the and the quote unquote future is that the subconscious is just a collection of present moment memories, and the future is a place where you set goals for your for your next present moment that you're going to live. But there's only one moment that you can actively do anything, and that's your conscious present moment. So if you can stay in your conscious present moment, and you can make keep it positive, as positive as you can, then what happens is your subconscious mind will kick in and start showing you more positive things. And I can prove to you that this works in a, that your subconscious mind works this way. Because like, if you know anybody who's ever decided to buy a car or some big ticket item, right? you know, they get this big ticket item in their head and they, I'm, I want to buy that. I want to buy that. What starts to happen is they start to see that car that they want to buy all over the place or they start running into, you know, things that show them that thing that they want to buy just in, in, in their everyday life. They just start seeing it everywhere. And the reason that is is because your subconscious mind is, is showing you what you're consciously focused on. So if you're seeing the world as a negative place and, and in your situation as a negative situation, the subconscious mind is going to show you that. But the only way you change that is to change your mind about your present moment. Right. And there's a lot of people who Every time I think, you know, I always say like the quicksand theory, like it, it constantly, every time they keep pulling themselves down further and further. And I don't even think sometimes subconsciously they even know what they're doing. They just keep doing it. And then it either gets too late or maybe they pull themselves out. But, you know, if you keep going with the same behavior where you're, you know, where you've been stuck at, you're going to continue to just drown yourself. Right. Well, I want to, I want to, Call out one thing. It, it's never too late. Okay. No matter how deep and dark you think you, you, you are, there, it's never too late to pull yourself out. Um, and if you look at it from other perspectives, you know, uh, from a, more of a spiritual perspective, Buddha says what you think you become, you create your world. Uh, Gandhi says you must be the change you want to see in the world. And um, Jesus said whatever you, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. And Moses said, God's name was I am. So that means that you can literally set down your, your, your past negative experiences. You can set down your subconscious mind and start creating a new subconscious mind. And once that happens, all of that, all of that struggle, all that, all that being mired down by your negativity and your doubt and your, and your depression clears up. Uh, for me, it was a situation where I had to stop thinking about the fact that I was going to be a fight director and a stuntman and do all those things. And I had to get myself into the very present moment of what am I doing right here towards the goals that I want? And so I, I literally started with day one flexing my, my muscles in my lower back, lying there, unable to move, just started flexing my muscles in my lower back. And that became my, my daily present moment. Okay, today I'm, I am doing this. I am flexing my muscles. And then slowly it came down to, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm working my, 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 my hip muscles, my hip flexors. And finally I started getting movement. And then next thing I knew, it was like, okay, I was all the way down to my feet. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm moving my toes today. You know, so I was my, I'd actually gotten feeling back in my lower half of my body. It took me, um, 
30 days to get feeling, about 30 days. It took me a year to get to a point where I could stand and, and walk like a normal, normal person. Uh, and it was a solid year of, of present moment staying positive. And then it was at one year and six months that I was standing on top of a three-story tower looking down at the fall pad, and I jumped. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my, now, not everybody's going to come back, but I know a lot of uh, professional speakers who had very similar conditions to mine, whose backs were were, par- were paralyzed like that, who never came back. But what they did, they're now multi-million dollar speakers. You know, they, they've gone on, they, they didn't allow themselves to be limited by what other people were saying or even by their own self-doubt. They, they put themselves in a space of, no, I'm going to create something big and I'm going to create something amazing and I'm just going to take small present moment action. Because, no matter how big the goal you set before you is, it doesn't magically appear. It only comes to you when you take small present moment actions that are in, they're congruent with that outcome. Right. Because that outcome, you don't have to get to it. It's coming to you. Now, did you always have this mindset or did it take the I, accident I, for it to happen? It, it, it took the accident for me to get it. Right. But now my, my whole goal in life right now is to share what I've learned through that process because, you know, you're, you're talking to a guy right now who I was in a movie with Brad Pitt and David Duchovny. I uh, have done over 4,000 live comedy sword fighting shows all over the world. I've been on the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan on six USO tours. I have um, quite literally been a college professor. I was an artistic director. I've done everything that I've ever, ever since then, I've been able to say, okay, what do I want to do now? And just put my mind towards it. And I went on to do everything that I've ever wanted to do. And, you know, I make good money now. I'm a, I'm a professional keynote speaker. I'm, I'm, I'm sought after as a speaker. Uh, in my speeches, I use whips and nunchucks and I do comedy and all kinds of crazy fun things. But the idea is that, you know, you are only limited by your belief. You know, and if, if you have a physical disability that's going to stop you from moving, then you've decided that you're disabled. You, know, you you are you have abilities other than, than the things that's limiting you, mm-hmm. and so find those find those abilities and lean into them. Now you're basically mentally disabling yourself. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that and that's the thing. If you're in your subconscious, if you're in your conscious moment saying, "Well, I'm a disabled person," then the world's going to show you more disability. Yeah, you've got to stay in the present moment, saying as well, you know. So I can't do that now. But what about what can I do? You know, for me in that bed, I, I lucked out. I I swear to God, I lucked out. I uh, you know, and I still take pain meds today. But um, but when in that hospital bed, the one thing I could do was flex my back muscles. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that took me to hip muscles. That took me to leg muscles. That took me to down to toes. Right. It. I, I, I could only do the one thing I could do and stay very present. Have you gone back to that doctor since? Uh, he's seen me since, but he hasn't really said much about it. You know, he, he's one of those guys who's kind of, kind of like turns a blind eye. Like, Oh, I didn't see him do that. You know, right, right. <laughs> um, instead of, but I, I, yeah. instead of I literally wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that's just another thing is, you know, doctors, doctors are, are data driven. So they're looking at their data and they're telling you 
what their data tells them. Now, I last year I had some health concerns to come up, and I really was in bad, bad physical shape. And I went to the doctor, and they said, well, we think you have a blood clot in your leg. And then they, they um, did all the tests, and there was no blood clot. And I said, well, we think you have uh, – it, it's not in your leg, it's in your lung. And they did a check, and there was no, that, no blood clot. And then they said, well, then you must have congestive heart failure. And I didn't have congestive heart failure. So they went through all these lists of things. And they put, every time they would create something new, they'd put me on a new medication. So I ended up with like six or eight medications. And in the end, what they discovered was I had sleep apnea. Wow. <laughs> right, right. And the interesting thing was is that all they were doing was looking at data and responding to what the data told them. But data is not reality. Data is just numbers. And when that doctor told me that day that, you know, I'm, my physical careers are done, that was the data that was showing. He was being shown. And it was me saying, I'm taking control of my own life. And I'll tell you what's really interesting. The other thing that happened in that going to the doctor last year was they were, they kept telling me, you know, my blood pressure was up and all this, and all this stuff. And I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to look into my own health and I'm not a doctor. So I don't think anything I say is medical advice, right. but, um, for me, I, I looked at what he was saying and I looked at all these medications I was on and I, I just started doing my own analysis of what I was doing. And I realized that, that I was having, I, I kept gaining weight, but I was not eating a lot. And I realized that the reason I was gaining weight is because I was having carbohydrate issues. And so I went on a extremely low carbohydrate diet and my sleep apnea cleared up and my, my high blood pressure went down and all of my issues changed. And so the combination of, of sleep apnea and diet was, was the, the key to bringing my health back. I lost 70 pounds in three months. And it was all because of the fact that I, I took, conscious control of my my life and my experience and you know you you have to take doctors as information but you don't necessarily have to hand your entire life over to them if that makes any sense yeah yeah of course yeah i mean obviously take what they say into consideration but don't you know leave open possibilities that they could be wrong and right there's another outcome out there they're human too Right. Yeah. We all make mistakes. It's just, right. Yeah. A lot of, some and, of us and, are willing and, to accept that we make mistakes and some or you know, like you said, they're about data. Right. And and those doctors, honest God, they, they were following the data and doing that stuff because they care. I mean, they, I mean, they, they, you don't go into that profession if you don't want to help people. Right. Right. So they were following the data, doing the things they, that they thought were right. But it was me taking my own, experience and, and checking out my own life that brought me back to the uh, to the uh, health that I have now right so what what is the um what is your functionality now as far as walking and, and just moving around with your spina bifida I I, I, I am actually well, I, I say a hundred percent but like if I stay still for too long my back locks up <laughs> if I if I sit in a chair for too long it's hard to stand. But, but like I said, since the accident, I've done over 4,000 live comedy sword fighting stunt shows all over the world. I've jumped off towers. So 
a lot of the conditions that I have right now might be because I've, I've abused my body since then. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, and I'm um, 57 years old, so I'm working my way towards 60. And so there's a lot of that in there too. But, um, but yeah, like if I, like right now I'm sitting here in a lounge chair in my living room and when I get out of this lounge chair, it's going to be uh, a struggle to stand. But once I stand and get my spine back in alignment, then, it's, then I'm fine for walking and all that. And then I come back to the chair and then I have to go through the process every time. So, but. Yeah. And you've probably been doing it for so long. It's just, it's not even like a hindrance. You're just used to doing it. Right. And what I discovered with the spinal bifida was the fact that my legs would compensate for what my back would do. And so then I started having to wear knee braces and ankle braces because my back would be in weird positions. So my knees and ankles would be out of alignment, which would cause sprained ankles or or twisted knees. So I I wear knee braces and ankle braces all the time. Even when I performed stunts and everything, I always had knee braces and ankle braces on because of the fact that uh, they were stability underneath my spine. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, do you, do you still do your exercises? Oh, absolutely. I do yoga every day and I, I walk every day. Well, the best exercise you can do for your back, especially is walking. Mm-hmm. Uh, running is terrible for your back, but walking is great for your back. Um, so I do a lot of walking and I do a lot of yoga and specifically yoga because yoga lets me really work the lower back. Right. right. Uh, you know, they, they wanted to put a pin in my back to, to fuse that part of my spine. And um, once again, I did not let the doctors do that because I knew if they fused my spine, it wouldn't be flexible enough to do high falls or rolls. And so uh, um, rather than letting them do that, um, I opted for the, the, the Eastern method, basically doing yoga and, and, and strengthening the muscles around that part of my spine. Uh, a lot of chiropractic. So I, I was going in daily adjustments to uh, adjust the spine so that the muscles can start to hold the spine where it's supposed to be yeah and and so yeah there's a lot there's a lot of a lot of uh, rehab involved yeah there's a a story i saw um it's a former wrestler and he he made he had just horrible back problems um Mm -hmm. and he he just he still has yet to fix it but he came up with his own uh form of yoga and he's 67 years old, and he could put his leg over his head. Yeah. Uh, um, and he, he just, his his spine is still, like, messed up, but the muscles around it are so strong that it just kind of holds it up and keeps it nice and neat. And um, he's as flexible as he's ever been, and he's, and he's also changed a lot of people's lives by, uh, you know, he's found people that are just on drugs and, and all messed up, and there are a lot of these other former wrestlers that are, just beat up from the profession that they're in and now they're all walking and just living their lives. So um, I think a lot of people get these death sentences, whether it's a literal death sentence or, you know, you may never walk again and they just immediately succumb to the darkness and just kind of let life just take them from there. And right. That's right. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, you talk about the, you talk about the death sentence and, 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 you know, unless you unless you're in prison and and get a real honest God death sentence, there is no death sentence unless you decide there is. So, I mean, you can choose to take whatever somebody else says to you 
and take it into your existence and believe that's the way it's going to be, or you can choose something different. And for me, I, I, I had to choose something different because my entire world existed around doing stunts and, and, and fight direction. And so I had to choose something different with what they're telling me. I was going to be involved in that world in some way because that's what I did. And I did go on and get my black belt. And I went on to do fight direction. I'm an expert in Elizabethan swordplay. I do uh, katana work. I do bullwhips. I do nunchucks. I do gun spinning. I, I've done horse work. I've done, I've done a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it, but that's only because I decided I wasn't going to be limited by somebody else. If somebody else is telling you what you, what you're going to live, then you and you choose to take it. You you are living their life and not your own. You have to make sure you're not living their beliefs. You're living your own beliefs. Right. You have to grab them and, and and go for it. Go for what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's I mean that's the world we live in. A lot of people are followers, and you got to yeah, and you got to kind of find your own niche and your own thing in life that makes you happy and kind of. Uh, you know, because energy really can be contagious. And when you're around good people, even if you're a person that's very guarded, like I've been around, I mean, I, I deal with my mental health and there's days where I'm just not feeling it. But right. if I'm around a person who's just very, you know, charismatic and their energy is just, you know, like I said, addictive where you're just around it and it's just like you can't help but be nice and, and friendly with them. Um, right. It brings it right. out of you. So it's like if you can be that way, you can also bring others out of their funk and um, you know, exactly. And you know, most, most, most negative states are, are a fear response, right? We, we don't, we don't feel good about where we are in our life and we're afraid it's going to be the same or we're afraid it's going to be you know, worse or we're, we're headed, we're, we're focused on a negative outcome. Fear, fear, when you break it down scientifically is a, an emotional reaction to some future event that may or may not happen with the focus on a negative outcome. It's just negatively focused on certainty. So the, the way you, the way they break that in in uh, psychology and specifically more more so in acting is like say for instance, as an actor on stage who's been rehearsing for six months, knows all his lines, gets on stage and forgets all his lines. That actor is trained to exhale and relax all his muscles, and all the lines rush back into their head. The reason this works is because when we get into that negative state, it, it's a level of fear in some some point. We're only negative because we're we're have, have a negative outlook on what's coming forward, right? So that's the fear. And so, in that moment, if we can take an exhale and release the muscles, in in nature, when an animal's in the wild and it's out there eating grass in the field, and suddenly the predator cat hits the field, the first thing they do is they gasp for air. They go, oh, they keep breathing all this air, right? And then they feel like they can't breathe because they're because they're in that state. You know how whenever you're in a depressive state, you feel like your your chest is heavy, right? Right, right, right. The reason why your chest feels heavy is not because you don't have enough air or you can't get enough air in. It's because your body is holding air in, and the reason your body's holding air in is because it's a primal, natural response that your body has that says, "I need to hold air in so I can run further and faster if I need to." And by exhaling and relaxing your muscles, what happens is it shuts off the primal fight or flight response and turns your brain back on. And so you have to realize your present moment is the only moment that you have thought, word, and deed. It's the only moment that you can choose anything. So 
if you can exhale and get your brain turned back on in your present moment, then you can choose a different path. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I hear you. And so, so remember when you get into those funky states, those states where you're, where you're not feeling it, remember to breathe, remember to exhale because uh, you'll find that when you breathe and exhale, that's why if you look at in spiritual tradition, yoga is all about the breath. Meditation is all about the breath. Christianity, they call it the breath of God, right? Bre- breathing is our, is our core natural state. And so if you can allow the air to go freely in and out, it'll keep your mental state very clear. Right. So actually, I have a question to that. Um, how how do you focus? Now, it sounds stupid, but like I have hard trouble just keeping my mind steady. It's always so sporadic and just constantly thoughts after thoughts and kind of a lot of them don't even connect. Um, mm-hmm. I know meditating is a lot to, for focus and, and breathing and so well, on. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about meditation for a second. Right. of the world doesn't think they can. And they don't think they can meditate. And the reason they don't think they can meditate is because they try it. And they they close their their eyes and they try to focus on being quiet and focus on nothing. And they, you know, and what happens is is their their subconscious mind kicks in and says, hey, did you you pay your bills? You know, hey, is the stove on? You know, and then they go, oh, no, I shouldn't think. And they go back and they try it again. And after a few, a few times of that happening, they give up. They say, I'm not focused enough, right? I'm not, I can't get that attention. But the thing is, the people who become good meditators are the people who continue trying until the quiet times in between the thoughts last longer. It's not that you're magically going to close your eyes and you're going to click into this magic state of meditation. That's not the way it works. The way it works is you have to train the mind to stay quiet for longer. So in between those thoughts, you just, now, you talk about focus. Right. If your brain is, is in a place of jumping from place to place like that, that is a fear state. Because your, your mind is jumping from place to place. Now, when I say fear, I don't mean you're terrified of anything. I mean, but it, anxiety is a fear. Yeah, of course. You know, so it, 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 there's, a, there's levels, right? And mm-hmm. so if your mind is jumping from place to place, don't, don't worry about Anything else but exhaling and breathing. Get yourself out of that fear state. And think about it as all this stuff that I'm that's happening, my brain is jumping around on. I need oh, to just let it go and breathe for a second. And then if you want to get really focused, just focus on breathing. Yeah. And what will happen is you're going to get to the point where it will shut down all of the response, and then your brain will kick in. And you'll be able to handle those things one at a time. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, I ask because I, I, I'm in the process of starting it. I'm like 10 days. I have an app called Balance. And, you know, they kind of take you through the beginning stages. Like I'm doing body scans and um, right. counting my breaths and stuff like that. So I, I'm in the beginning stage and I'm just, you know, I'm not giving up or anything. I'm like 11 days in Good. or whatever. Um, Good. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You know, it, it's the people, like I say, the people who get good at it are the people who, let the quiet times last longer. And, and you know, the people who give up are the ones who, who, like, don't give it time to actually last longer. And so I've been meditating now for over 30 years. I meditate twice a day. 
And it's one of the greatest things I ever did in my life. And you want to talk about focus. I mean, I told you the list of things I've done, but you know, other, other things that I've done that are, that have given me, you know, the, the proof that's in the pudding, I guess, is that, you know, I've laid in the sarcophagus of the great pyramids of Giza. I've climbed Machu Picchu. I've been at Petra in Jordan. I swam in the blue lagoons of Iceland. I, I've been in Norway. I've been, you know, I've been to 30 countries around the world and done amazing things with amazing people. I have friends who were in the Star Wars movies and the Highlander movies. And, you know, I have, I have, an, I have an incredible life now. And that's all because of the fact that I was able to stay calm and focused and stay in my conscious creator mode. I'm creating my experience, not somebody else telling me what my experience is going to be. And so by sticking in that space, I was able to then keep my mind calm, keep my mind clear. When opportunities came, I was able to go, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and yeah. then go off and do them. <laughs> so do you, do you feel the accident basically changed your life? It was, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, you hear that from it some the, people. Yeah, it was the greatest thing that ever happened. Because until that point, I I... I was very limited in what I wanted to stuntman fight director. Right now, now I'm, I've been a stuntman. I've been a fight director. I've been a college professor. I've been an, uh, an artistic director of theme parks. I have been, a, I am now a keynote speaker and I speak all over the world. I've got my black belt in two forms of martial arts. I, you know, I've done, I've done everything I've ever wanted to do ever since then. And I'm also, open enough because because of the fact that I'm flexible in my me- my mindset is I know that that I'm not stuck into one track my entire life. I know that if I want to change my my direction and try something new, I just do it. Right? Because for years and years and years I did a comedy sword fighting show called Hack and Slash all over the world. And then one day I decided I was going to be a college professor. And I went off when I was a college professor. And then I said, well, I should, I should become a keynote speaker. And I started speaking to corporations all over the world. Now, think about my, think about my past. You know, I was a fight director and a stuntman. How, how does that work into the corporate world? You know? Right, <laughs> and, yeah. and I am highly sought after in the corporate environment because of the fact that I bring something unique and different. And I bring real, real mindset techniques. That actually increased profitability of companies. Yeah, that's awesome. So, is is there anything you haven't done that you still want to do, or something new that you wanted uh, you want to kind of get into? It's uh, it's so interesting you ask those questions because it's like right now, you know, my the way my world works is I'm very present moment in my mindset. So, like, I I was been guesting on podcasts like crazy, and one day I said, you know, I should, I should start a podcast. So I started one, right? One called the Interact, Interaction Hero, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just do, I don't wait. I don't, I don't plan huge things. I take big, bold actions. And so something comes in my head. If it feels right, I do it. And some of the most successful companies in the world have that same outlook. You still there? Yeah, I'm here, buddy. So, like, for instance, Apple, Apple computers, 
they didn't have a business plan until they were 10 years in. They just took bold actions and did things. And now look at them, right? So you have to, you have to realize that for me, goals in the future aren't, aren't that far. <laughs> they, they, they literally pop into my head and I go, Oh, we could do that. We just do it. Or we, or I go, we do that. Eh, maybe not. I, I don't, I still have dreams in the fact that I, at some point in my, in my future, I will retire to Rehoboth Beach and I will paint my pictures because I'm a, I'm also an artist. But, um, so that's, that's the, that's the long-term goal. That's the way off in the future goal. Right now, it's just like I'm living an adventure. I'm just enjoying my life heroically. I, I think that's something that a lot of people don't really, uh, appreciate enough. Whereas like one of your goals would just be to enjoy life. Whereas yeah. And, and that, that is, that's really a mindset too, isn't it? Yeah. You have to think the idea of like, I'm either enjoying life or I'm not enjoying life. And, you know, one of the things that I found really interesting is a lot of times people are moving towards their goals and they'll have a not successful moment and they'll just beat themselves up. And they'll say, I'm so dumb. Why did I do that? I was like, that's just a wasted moment. That's just a wasted moment. You now you only have these present moments to build your future. And if you're wasting moments, then you're not building out a successful future. So what I had to do was, Whenever I would mess something up, I'd laugh out loud and say, well, well, that's silly and go back to making positive moments because, you know, that, you know, it's like, okay, that didn't work. Let's do something else. Because if, if, you, if you're beating yourself up all the time, you know, the, the, the weird thing is most people think that most people beat themselves up worse than they would ever say anything about anybody else. All right. They wouldn't let, they wouldn't let someone treat you that way the way you treat yourself. And so you've got to start to realize that you're okay. Start laughing at the world. I find the world funny now. And that's the honest to God truth. I find the world funny. <laughs> you know, the world is predominantly a positive place. And most people don't think it is. But if you think about this for a second, I live in Akron, Ohio. Cleveland is about 30 miles north of here. If I was commuting to Cleveland every day for work, I'd probably pass a thousand cars on the road. And then, Possibly once a day, I might see a car on the side of the road broken down or, or have a, a fender bender. Well, tonight on the news, that car that's on the side of the road is going to be on the news. And the reason the car on the side of the road is on the news is because it's the anomaly. It's the thing that's different. What should be on the news is that 999 cars made it safely to their destination without a problem. That's miraculous if you think about it. Yeah. So not only is our world predominantly positive, it's 99.9% predominantly positive. And so, you know, you have to start looking in the mindset of the world is predominantly positive. And, you know, we can focus on the negative things and our subconscious mind will show us more negative. Or we can focus on the positive things and our subconscious mind will show us more positive. It's your choice. What you want? What, what do you want to live? Right. I guess... <clears throat> It's easy to focus on the bad because the bad is really bad, and there's yeah, a, and really, yeah, there's a lot and really, of really present. Sure, sure. And that, and one of the reasons why I said about you know just appreciating life is because you know we just went through a crazy year in 2020, and you know it should have been the year because I learned this about myself where I just I started to reach out to all the people I care about and people that I've you know had relationships over the years, maybe whether we dated or you were my teacher or whatever. And 
especially the ones that are older and sick or whatever. And I wanted to make sure that they're okay. And, um, right. you know, I just wanted to just look out for them. And then I just wanted to appreciate that, like, yeah, I'm still working during this whole thing. And, you know, I'm breathing and my life is still relatively decent. And um, I think that was one of the things that was, you know, lost last year, whereas a lot of people just did the opposite. They just decided to well, do well, stupid I, shit. I, I completely agree with that. And I'll tell you something interesting. You know, I'm a keynote speaker right now. So when when COVID hit, you know, the speaking industry had had a blip just like the Marvel Universe had a blip, right? We, right, right, we, lost, yeah. we lost half the speakers and all the business, right? So... Um, yeah, Thanos. And so here I am at the beginning of that going, okay, this is happening. All my business just went away. So I could sit here and I could, I could get all like, I could be one of those speakers who said, okay, my career's over. I'm done. Instead, what I did was I, I upped my game. I, I, I built out my, my video studio. I started doing virtual presentations all over the world. I do more virtual than I did live now. And I'm now I'm building online courses right now. I'm writing more on my book right now. And so, you know, I took the, the time. The year before COVID, I traveled 200 days that year speaking. 200 out of 365 is a lot of days traveling, yeah. right? And this past year, I, I didn't travel at all, right? I'm traveling next week to Tennessee to do a speech, but because um, we're opening back up. But but the interesting thing is, I still do virtual programs. And when COVID's done, I'm going to have a big virtual side of my business and a big live side of my business. So I'm still going to be able to do both. Right. And I'm even going to be able to do things like um, I'm going to come in and do a live presentation for you. But I'll tell you what: if you want to keep this motivation going for the next year afterwards, I'll do a monthly video meeting with your team virtually to keep the, the, the motivation going. Right. And I up and give them an extra fee for that, right? And so my business has changed dramatically because of COVID for the better. Yeah. So it's literally, but, but it, it took the mindset of when adversity comes up, it's just an opportunity or is this an ending? And I just took it as an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you, just based on how you're speaking, but in, in reality, like our biggest adversary really is our own minds. Absolutely. And if we don't conquer it or try to overcome it, you know, it's going to break you. It, it's, it's interesting you say that, the conquer. You know, I, 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 I really watch the words that I use. And like, I don't, I don't use the word wanting, needing, hoping, or trying because the words wanting, needing, hoping, or trying are not present moment active, right? And so, like, it's like I don't use the word affirmation because I believe the word affirmation means I'm trying to shore something up that's not solid. I choose declarations. I just declare, and I do, right? And so when I hear words like conquer, like I have to conquer this, I mean, to me that's, that means I'm going to struggle to fight to get through it, right? And I find that for me in my life, for me in my life, not saying this for anybody else, but for me in my life, if I get into the mindset of conquer or or 
fighting through something, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it hard. Whereas I just go, no, I am going to do this. I am going to fix this. I am going to jump off that three-story tower and land in that pad, even though my back says I can't. Right? I just, I change my, the way I view things. I choose to think of things as easy, no matter how quote-unquote hard they are. Right. So you're not going to say, I'm, I'm, I want to. You're going to say, I'm going to. Right. I, I am doing yeah, I and doing you know, it's like I said earlier, in, in, in Christianity, it's a uh, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. But Moses said God's name was I am. That's what, that's what he said. So, whatever you're saying, I am blank. I am happy. I am sad. I am depressed. I am achieving. I am, you know, I am. I am. I am. Whatever you're putting after I am is what you're consciously focused on in your present moment. So I am wanting. I am needing. I am hoping. I am trying is literally creating wanting, needing, hoping, and trying, and all of those things suck. <laughs> right. Right. Well, even, yeah, like, but, and even if you don't believe in God, you essentially right. are your own God. Like, you're creating right. your life for you. So right. you don't have to even believe in him to actually still live your life. You can right, live, and, I, yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly right. That's why, I, that's why when I do go into the spiritual side, I mention Buddha and Christian and everything, because it's not about... It's not about a deity. All of those, all of those deities that said that you have the power, right? Right. Um, you know, it's like you know, greater works than I have done, you will do. But Buddha says, "What you think you become, you create your world." You know, they're all saying that you have the power. It's just a matter of you taking the power. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and and. and in neuroscience, you know, the, have you ever heard of noetic science? No. Okay, Edgar Mitchell, who's an Apollo astronaut, coming back to Earth, had a transcendental experience, and for years he tried to dis- discover what it was. Eventually, he put together something called noetic science, where he studies um, basically it's it's the leap between spirituality and science. He's trying to prove things, right? And he discovered through absolute scientific methods that they can measure the waves of thought. And that perception of the waves also changes their function as well. So he discovered basically that thought is creative. And so if you're thinking a certain way, you're creating a certain way. And so he's proving scientifically what spiritual people have talked about for years. So I, 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 spirituality and, and science to me are talking about the same thing. It's just that people interpret spirituality in a very esoteric way, whereas they're telling you how it really is. You know, you, you really are the creator of your experience. And science says you are the creator of your experience. And so, but they're, you know, they're both interpreted in very different ways. But <clears throat> you have the ability right here, right now, to think a positive way and create a positive outcome as opposed to thinking a negative way and thinking and creating a negative outcome. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I thank you, buddy, for doing this. You're a very interesting person. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm really good. You're, you're, you're out, you're out in the middle of Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. I'm, uh, you know where little league baseball is? Uh, no. Williamsport, Pennsylvania. It's, it's, a, it's, okay. it's literally. In, go ahead. I'm sorry. You're not too far from State College. Uh, about an hour. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so, beautiful. That's beautiful country out there. I love that area. Yeah, we're basically central PA, so we're in between the two major cities, Pittsburgh and Philly, just about the same distance. Um, yeah. But I lived in Philly for 20-some years, so I... Oh, yeah. So I know that area pretty well, too. Uh, gotta go to South Street and get a cheesesteak. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I, I might be getting an eye surgery somewhere in Ohio. I believe it's in Cincinnati. You have one of the better okay. eye doctors down there. Um, yeah, down 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 in the, the south part of the state. Yeah, there's a doctor that created a certain procedure. Um, cool. And well, so, good luck with that. I appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, I hope you keep in touch. Um I will let you know when this episode comes out. Um, I mean, I don't really have to hope for the best for you because it's just going to happen, but I still do. And that could happen for everybody. It, it literally is your choice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, keep in touch. And, uh, like I said, I'll let you know when this comes out. And, and thank you again for doing this. Thank you. Have a great day. You too, brother. Bye. So, guys, um, do you feel like your life is worthless now? Or uh, I shouldn't say worthless. Do you feel like um, like your life is very, uh, there's no satisfaction in your life? Because, boy, am I lacking. <laughs> I, uh, I need to kind of get my life together because I have barely done anything. This guy's done everything. He's our, I mean, I, yeah, he's 25 years older than me, but, I mean... Even his first 22 years was well ahead of mine. So um, I got to get this going. I feel just so lazy and uh, insignificant. I think that was the word I was looking for. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm actually, weirdly enough, like I said, when I asked him about the the, the focus and, and meditation, it's because I really am starting that now. And I'm I'm trying to get my mind right because... I can't focus. My mind is just everywhere. And it's affecting every part of my life. So um, I'm going to definitely take into consideration everything he said. And I'm gonna, like I said, I'm always trying to make my life better and trying to be a better TJ. So, um, yeah, guys, I hope you like this and I hope you're all doing well. Um, just stay positive and, uh, you know, you shall overcome. I just sound religious. Um, Now, guys, love you all. Thanks for the support, and uh, see you on the next one. Bye, guys.